I love you, honey bunny. Everybody be cool, this is a robbery! Any of you fucking pricks move! And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you! Sorry, we are on. We are on like Donkey Kong. I just want to make sure we're actually. Yeah. And then do you want to snap in front of yours for a second? Y'all hear them snaps? Y'all Here we are, that. two weeks in a row. Finally, row. Finally, finally. We made it two weeks in a goddamn row. This is like my schedule when I was going to school, man. Right? Just just missing. I remember at the end, I had some good teachers who were like, knew that I wasn't like skipping school doing bad stuff. Like I wasn't going to school and like going out smoking pot or nothing. No, no, no. They They knew it was probably like anxiety or something. So I had good teachers who would like joke around like, almost made it a week, Max. Almost (laughs) made it a week because I would never make a full fucking week. Right. So if you get like four days in a row, boom, my head kicks in and like triggers start going off and i'm like the night before i already kind of know in my head like no i already i remember, I remember <laughs> you faking i remember you faking sick a lot and i was like he's my brother won't believe him but there's no way he's sick this much <laughs> <laughs> i'm like you'd have to have like full-blown aids I to have the flu yeah. this much point i didn't even have to fake sick <laughs> you'd just be like i'm not going at a certain school. point it was just you know would you straight up tell mom I'm not going to school? Because I wasn't there for like the last however many years of your school. Uh, no, that was a little bit different at the end because I was a little more independent. She was going to work early. I'm pretty sure I was walking a lot of the time. And you're just like, really? I always, always got a ride. Yeah. That's a big deal. Like mom would like make me go to school I'd when walk I was younger, home. And I, but I got a ride there and back like every day oh when i was little i'd do the whole rap i'd do different kinds of raps not feeling good stomach and i didn't feel good i just (laughs) but you weren't sick you just had anxiety yeah (sighs) i keep an eye on that so we're in the middle of that and uh the recording just dropped out on us so i'm gonna keep an eye on it more (laughs) so so last thing he said you're just speakers are on oh yeah fuck uh last thing i said uh yeah, I just have bad anxiety and fake sick a lot, you know. I'd just be like, I'd Ferris, Ferris Bueller, I'd fuck all on me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, during high school, I had to walk home a lot, and I forget why we're getting onto that. Oh, because mom I think I just drove me home. I was right. going to say, what was like, you said mom's shift changes. It was like, what was the thing where like you had to walk home? Did right. you just, did Jacob Lepke already walk home and you knew that? Jacob Lepke already walked home, so I tagged with him. Speaking of Jacob. you? No, you lived up on Loran Drive. 
Well, but you get to walk to a certain point. Yeah, walk to a certain point and split up. Okay. Uh, I think why I was going to do that is because Jacob Lepke is a windmill architect. And what he likes to do is he likes to go on top of a windmill with a squirrel suit, <laughs> have a girl lay like, I don't know, 60 feet, 60 yards down, right, on the floor, spread eagle naked. And what he'll do is he'll put his dick through the wingsuit and he'll dive off fucking full force and just come in hot and just boom one and done no penetrator no way that's not true that's, that can't be true hell I, I, I'll, I'll leave that up to everybody <laughs> I'll leave that up to everyone to decide but I already not, like could you, could, you couldn't even get enough like force with a squirrel suit could you from like the, the windmills aren't tall enough are they he'd be able to glide I mean it would be it would be a fucking fast ascent do you think anyone's used a squirrel suit like in Dawson off the wind? Because the windmills overlook like a cliff here. Uh, Jake Lepke when he bones. <laughs> yeah, that was his big story. Lepke when he bones. Lepke's like, all right, I have a girl spread you know, layer right down on the dirty ass rocks. <laughs> that, uh, that's a story that was already previously uh, in my head. I just, I, I just had to find a way to end out that boring ass walking home story. <laughs> um, How you been? How your week been, man? Good, good. I actually finally took notes of, because uh, I always remember stuff after a podcast that I was meaning to tell in the podcast. Yep. So I finally took some notes here. Something I meant to tell you, I forgot. A couple things I like from last week that I wanted to tell you. Um, I had this fucking weird moment, moment with Jamie like two weeks ago now where we were in the shower. Mm-hmm. Together? Oh, together. And she had, like, uh, her Bluetooth speaker on, and we're listening to music from her phone. And, uh, Steamy. and we, start, we start fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, and, yeah. Yeah, we, Good start, we start going hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome story. I'm, I'm, Next I'm, story. I'm, 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 <laughs> 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 that would be great if that was the end. And that's it. Like, I just wanted people to know I was fucking. And then we fucked, dude. Um, no, so I'm, I'm kind of, like... I'm behind her, right? I'm fucking her that way. I just kind of got her hands against the shower wall, and the music's playing, and then, like, this song comes on. I'm like, because I already feel weird fucking in that style. I feel like a gorilla man. You don't you like, know? you don't like, uh... Not my favorite. Because I'm just, Too like, aggressive? Yeah, like, I'm just, like, I gotta kind of, like, hunch, and I can see, like, my hairy belly and right. stuff. I'm just like, like, I'm like, I'm like... Three moments away from grunting. Like, hoo, hoo, hoo. We are, dude. We, when we're naked, we look like monkeys, man. <laughs> we're hairy. We we're look like looking. monkeys. So aware guts hang. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's not good. So, but I'm grabbing her by her hip to get leverage and shit. You know. Yeah. Full out animal style. Yeah, dude. In and out burger animal style. In <laughs> fucking. You got the pickles and the slaw on there, baby. Um. So I'm fucking her, and this song comes on, and I guess like because I don't, I'm her phone. I don't know what song it is, but I guess it's a cover of a Moody Blues song, and it's I don't know who's covering it, but it's like this Mariah Carey esque, like super intense, like diva style vocals, you know, where they're like really strong, and it's this ballad. It's this ballad, and the chorus is just I love you, I love you. <laughs> and she says I love you in the chorus like 
like eight times. <laughs> powerfully going, I love you. Holy shit! And I couldn't, I couldn't continue to have sex because I was just laughing. So it was too much of a moment. <laughs> that's too, that's too passionate. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> You're just vigorously railing away. Joe Rogan fucking trademark gorilla fuck. <laughs> Powerful. Um, holy fuck, that's funny. But yeah, it was just like, oh, it was too. I love you. I love you. <laughs> I love you. That's like a, that's like a fucking Showtime fucking. It was too. That's like a Showtime fucking special, man. Yeah, yeah, or like uh, yeah, like those really cheesy uh, Friday nights without borders. Fuck. Mm, yeah. Shows they'd put on on Showtime or Showcase. Showcase. Just boobies. Yeah. Oh, dude. Those were the best. I had an idea. Oh, I almost don't want to spoil it on the podcast. Bad idea right out of high school to make a movie that was just pretty much like that mm-hmm. with an incoherent story and like just boobies but make it feel like something that you just flicked on at a on channel fucking 18 yeah. out of in the middle of the night with your friends yeah no one idea i had That'd back in the day <laughs> that'd be great dude maybe one day i'll still i had this big grandiose ideas for it and it was like very fourth wall breaking i was calling it taking the piss <laughs> It'll be one day I'll get back to that. One day, dude, you'll go back to taking a piss. One day. Gotta go back to their beginnings to get move forward. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so the other thing, I wrote down three things that happened. Um, no, two things that happened. One topic. Anyway, sorry. A little, little peek behind the curtain. Um, and then the other thing that happened, like, and this happened like the day we recorded the last podcast. I just totally forgot. Mm-hmm. I had just gotten out of the shower, right? And I just put on my underwear, you know, still damp from the shower. Right. And I went to fart and I fucking shit my pants. The <laughs> yearly occurrence of me, like, it happens at least once a year where I shit my pants. But, like, I always get bummed out when I leave the shower and I gotta take a shit. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it cancels the shower out somehow. Right. And your ass is still kind of wet and you're getting this toilet oh. seat all wet. There's nothing grosser than a wet ass on a toilet seat. <laughs> no, it's gross. Because it, it feels like you automatically just had bad diarrhea and like got your ass cheeks dirty. It's <laughs> just like, just like, it's what like your the brain goes to. Ass. Yeah, it's what your brain goes to. First thing is like, oh, this is dirty, dude. Yeah, it's just like, and then feeling the shit come out. Oh, so you so didn't, what? so you didn't, so you had to take a shit, but you didn't want to? No, I was, I thought it was a, it was like a sneaky diarrhea fart. Uh, uh, and I just had a shower my butt is still damp (laughs) fresh ginch and I fucking shit my pants and I was just so mad it was like one of the worst feelings ever just being wet and shitting your pants is just not nice oh my god somehow being dry that like somehow softens it when you're just damp head to toe and you shit your fucking pants. (laughs) Well, Well it's like raining after you just wash your car I mean yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, that was useless. That was useless. I just shit my pants. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go back I, I sweat when I get out of a shower a lot of times. Oh, a lot that- of times. I'm going to say like 70% of the times I, I sweat when I get out of the shower. Like, yeah. hot, like... Just for no no matter what, and for no reason whatsoever, I'll start sweating out of a shower, and it's the fucking worst. Ugh. Just yeah. completely eradicates everything I just did. Yeah, and you feel like, fuck, what's the, what was the point of that? Yeah. Oh, I hate sweating right out of the shower. Just anything dirty right out of the shower. You know? Yes. Yeah. Um, 
so Jamie asked me to. We had to go. There's a kid I'm working with privately doing guitar lessons, going to his house and doing some guitar lessons. Yep. Because my student clientele at K-Pax kind of went down, so I'm like supplementing some of that income by doing private lessons. And uh, and uh, Jamie knows the mom. That's how I got the gig is through Jamie. So Jamie knows the mom, and uh, they see each other on a regular basis, and we had to go have dinner. She invited us to dinner. Right. And, oh. It was just like, it because I used to, like, there was a part of me. Now I'm moving with Jamie, and we're sort of having a life together. There was a part of me that was, like, really scared of being, like, the boring domestic. Now I'm not drinking anymore either. Mm-hmm. I'm not drinking, and I'm not uh, partying, and I'm, I'm moving in with my girlfriend, and she has a kid, and I'm like, it's probably I was, like, worried about being, like, like a boring right domestic dude settling down but after talking to these people i have no like i'm like i couldn't do it mm-hmm. i couldn't sit down with these people like oh i could i did that's not true i did but like it was just like nothing oh my god nothing no, like, conversation. Like it was my fear right becoming these people is like my utter fear just being completely docile bored just so boring right like in the and the dad came home and he's just like he's such a man and i'm such a not man mm-hmm. you know he came home from like i don't know probably like lifting pipes in the mud or something <laughs> he's got his coveralls on and shit <laughs> and he's just like and he's just, like from the moment he sat down and we're sitting there and uh jamie's kid and this person's kid are playing and that's fine it's cool that they're friends that are playing but, uh, You're like, and that pisses me off. That pisses me off. I'm, I'm like, sitting here having dinner. <laughs> These kids are fucking playing. <laughs> yeah. You want time for that? <laughs> fucking playing around me? So that's pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pissed off at that. <laughs> um, anyway, so he comes home. He comes home, and it's just like such a like like there's just so much dead air and i can't stand it mm-hmm. so i'm trying to fill the dead air i'm like not I'm comfy such a not monk- comfy dead air no it's like oh no i'm like such a guy who doesn't like dead air anyways like i try to fill it with whatever yeah Me but it's like i'm like because it was like i was i was like is, are these people cool to jamie and she's like well i don't know they're nice i'm like could i like tell them a story about shitting my pants she's like no i'm like well then they're not cool right you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of my threshold where if I can, like, openly talk about a time accidentally, like, shit in my pants, mm-hmm. then, like, you sort of pass the requirement of me. Like, you could do do without judgment. You pass the requirement of me, like, wanting to talk to you and hang out. Right. Not that that's a big demand, but you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just, like, I can't stand being, like, so uptight about everything that's coming out of me, you know? Yeah. So censored. Verbally. Yeah. And so it's already like, and then this we're talking about Zoe. We're talking about uh, Jamie's kid mm-hmm. going to uh, Frank Ross right in a little while, and her taking French immersion. Mm-hmm. And the dad said some like fucking dad joke. Just so, and I'm not a political guy. I'm not a political guy, so it's not. This isn't about the politics of it even. 
But it's just like he's like, yeah, maybe you could have once you learn some French, you can have a word with Trudeau. Oh and I just want, my god! Oh, I wanted to. Fucking, How old's this guy? I wanted to drown him in the soup, dude. Oh, that's the thing. He's like a man. He's like in his mid forties or something or fifties. Oh. So it's just like this grizzled, fucking that, thick. That already like, he's is like uncomfortable. A sausage eating. This is the kind of guy who like he eats a beef log every day. For lunch. <laughs> I feel like that age gap is already uncomfortable too. Yeah, because that's like yeah. our that's like our mom's age. Yeah, he he's probably older than him. He's probably older than her mom. Prob- so sitting yeah, probably. So sitting there with that age gap already is like whoo, and then oh, oh, and it was Sorry. just like. But yeah, what a what a can joke. Like they weren't man. bad people, but they were worse than bad people. They were boring. No, really just say, yeah, it doesn't sound like you're coming off on them. It just sounds like you had a awkward fucking dinner. Yeah. Oh, so fucking awkward, and then like. They're regular people by yeah, all standards. Yeah, I work with their kids, so it kind of felt like I was at work to some degree, and it was right. just like, ugh, ugh. Mm. That's was, a bummer. Yeah, I don't like that. Speaking of awkward dinners and fucking shit, you watched The Gift. I told you to watch The Gift. Yes, I like The Gift. <laughs> Did I tell you that on the podcast? We were talking about it on the podcast. Yeah, we talked about it, I think. I don't know. It might have been I, during the section where it got deleted or whatever. From who knows? I'm pretty sure it was, though. Yeah, yeah. So I you like The Gift. The gift is great. Jason Bateman plays such a good like bully asshole. Should we? Should we like? Should we go? Let's go through it beat for beat. Yeah, Catch people up on it. Catch people okay. up on it. So the movie opens up and like he he has a new job in California. He's moving back to his hometown. Uh, he's got a new wife. Right? They're just buying this house. Kind of setting yeah, up yeah, first thing. Yeah, he just got a new job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. setting up. Everything's everything's real nice. Everything's real nice. Everything's yeah. new and feels new and fresh. And then what? What does he do? And they're shopping for something for the baby. I yes. think so. Yeah. And it has to be delivered to his house. Yeah. And when that's there, the guy in the back, the guy is sitting, standing behind him. The line is kind of looking at him weird and looking at him with this look. And he's like, "Hey, man, you recognize me?" Mm-hmm. It's like, "Uh, no, sorry, I don't." <laughs> and then it turns out he's an old. He's a guy he used to know in high school. Right. And it, we get that with our dad all the time. Oh yeah. Oh, like because our dad knows everybody. Oh, like we've seen that interaction go down so many times oh or to us where it's like hey it's so-and-so friends with your dad i'm like oh yeah and i gotta pretend like yeah. i know them hey how's and it sometimes going Sometimes those assholes will call you up like you don't remember me do you and i just want to be like dude what are we doing like, like why the- do you even talk to me if this is where yeah. this is gonna go you know what i mean you know, i gotta feel bad uh, yeah exactly you yeah. feel socially fucking confined yeah and so he's being a nice guy jason bateman he's being polite enough yeah and then uh, the guy finds out their address, and then he start. <laughs> what does he drop off for them first? He comes to their house and like leaves them a note and a present. Yeah, and they're like, "That's nice." Blah blah blah. blah. Yeah, at least not a bottle of wine. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, we'll have to call him, thank him." No, no, it's like they, he he delivers a bottle of wine to their house, and they're like, how does he know our address? Right. They're kind of creeped out by. But that. then, then, then the next day, they're like, "Oh, that's weird. We'll have to call him and blah blah blah." Yeah, we'll have to call him, thank him, anyways. Right. Yeah. And then the wife's home alone the next day. This, this is a scary scene. The wife's home well, alone the next day. The, just a quick aside. Uh, the wall right by their entrance door is all glass. I feel what? like their whole house is like just glass around it. Yeah, it's so much just like glass walls. Yeah. And I'm like, I would never want to live in a house like that. Oh, like, it's terrifying looking. The amount of times, like, I don't know who's at the door and I'm afraid to like look or go mm-hmm. get the door. The idea of not being able to hide behind a wall. This movie has... Gave me very uh, Lost Highway vibes. Yeah. From Lynch. Yeah. Especially it's at the end. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, for sure. 
um anyway she's just she's walking around doing her thing like cooking something or whatever making tea at home she walks into her living room and the guy's just kind of like standing on the front porch like awkward that he's kind of caught right yeah he's like hey i was just coming to check by give give you guys a list of some of the services around here oh yeah that's right yeah right and then he invites them to dinner and then it starts getting too much where jason bateman is like we this we can't have this guy in our life by, like day after day every single day he'd come mm. by and give them something and any kind of like stay invited himself for dinner one day yeah and like yeah and you can tell he's slightly off like he's he's definitely socially awkward he's slightly fucking he's slightly weird he says yeah. weird things but he's kind enough he's not yeah. like a serial killer or nothing as far as you know yeah um and then what happens oh yeah he just comes in day after day and the the pop ins and everything yeah. And as a person who hates that kind of shit, Ooh, I, I sympathize I sympathize so much with Jason Bateman. There's a really great another quick aside, there's a great like John Lennon Paul McCartney story about like in the like in the must have been the mid to late seventies, mm-hmm. after the Beatles broke up. Paul McCartney like popped in on John Lennon in New York, and he didn't like didn't let him in because he just hates poppins. <laughs> so he just he just locked kept the door locked. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, I yeah he's even like I think he was enough of a dick to even be like let him know that he was there, but he's not at, he's not coming out. He's not letting him in. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm with John, man. Fuck that shit. Yeah, fuck fuck the poppins. And so Jason's like, okay, we gotta end this. Yeah, we gotta we gotta end this. Um, and so they go to dinner at his place. And then he's finally, like, he starts giving him shit. And you can kind of see Jason Bateman's kind of being a little too much of a prick. He's yeah, kind of he's being a little, a little too harsh. Spiky, yeah, yeah. He's a little, yeah, a little condescending. To his wife, even. He's like, can you leave? Like, can you let us have a moment? Kind yeah, of thing? yeah. Um, he's acting just a lot like Jason Bateman. Yeah, it's, it's weird like to see. In a weird, rude way, not in a funny way, you know? No, no, like, oh, like Arrested Development if it wasn't a comedy. You know, yes, he's just like this yeah. weird curtness to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, <clears throat> so he tells him, he's like, yeah, whatever, that's fine. And he doesn't let him out of the yard right away. He's like holding the lock to the gate and he finally lets him out. And then they realize the next day or whenever that it wasn't the guy's house at all. Mm-hmm. The guy broke in and was just using it as a prop house. Which is like, that's like the creepiest part. That's that when right? the movie sets off into like... Yeah, it turns into like, <clears throat> turns into the thriller. Yeah, thing that's that's, that's when the movie sets status. off at that point where it's yeah. like, they don't know where the guy is, but he's after them. He keeps he keeps kind of taunting them at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I dug it. It gave me Lost Highway vibes, man. Yeah. It, it freaked me out in the right way, but it's not like a horror movie. Like anyone can watch no, it. No, it's true. There's, there's like, there's a couple jump-ish scares, but not right. really. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I will, because I can't watch horror movies. I can't watch like ghost horror movies. But, like, like things that are actually don't exist scare me the most. Like, yeah, it's Conjuring, <sighs> shit like that. Yeah, little dummies that talk, yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> but this one was good. It was like more of like a then like. It's not like a classic cat and mouse thriller. It's more of like you find out more about Jason Bateman's character and you're like, oh. And at first I thought like there's this at the end you kind of find out something happened between Bateman and this guy in the past in high school. And at first I thought it was like that Bateman like raped him. (laughs) (laughs) Bateman raped him for sure. Holy (laughs) shit. Bateman fucked this dude. But uh, yeah, it's really in the ending's really good. It's Let me ask you something. At the end... Even at the end, though, did you sympathize with the weird guy? No, I kind of won't. Yeah, you, sort of. I sort of. But you kind of do. So fucked up that it's really hard. You kind of do, but you're also kind of with Bateman and his wife. 
Yeah, like that's and the, the thing. wife gets a rough there's cut. There's no like, there's the only good guy in this scenario is the wife. Yeah, and the wife gets the wife has the most probably like outcome out of everything. Yeah, like the wife gets it the hardest. I meant to say, you know, the wife probably gets the most uh, actual damage done to her. Yeah, you ain't gotta go watch. I'm gonna fuck up the pronunciation of this. Is Cacatochrome? It's a Netflix movie. Kodachrome? Kodachrome. That's it. Did you see it already? I haven't seen it, no. It's good. It's I really know what good. it's about, but yeah. It's yeah, good. what's the name? The music and it's not great because it's like, it's kind of a music-centric movie. Like, uh, what's his name? Um, guy who fucks Olivia Wilde. Uh, Sudeikis? Jason Sudeikis is in it. He plays like a, like an A&R guy at a record company. Mm-hmm. So music's a big part of it, but the music kind of sucks. It's not mm-hmm. a lot of good music in there. But uh, what's it? and Ed Harris is, plays his dad's awesome. Yeah, plays like a nice grouchy old prick. I still haven't seen Baby Driver. That's nuts. You haven't seen Baby Driver. I still haven't seen Baby. Driver. You gotta watch. Is it is it on Netflix now? No, I don't think so. Oh, you gotta watch Baby Driver. I do. It's really good. I've watched so much Locke and shit. Do you think? Do you think? Uh, uh fuck. I feel like my brain is dying when I can't remember obvious directors. Edgar Wright. Right. I think Edgar Wright was just so... Because the news about Kevin Spacey broke out like pretty much right after Baby Driver came out. Mm-hmm. I think he was pissed because he's like... Yeah, probably it's affected hurt his it. movie. Yeah. You know? Like, it's like... I mean, what are you going to do? Like, Quentin worked with... Uh, why? Like, it's... And that's the thing, man. Like... Everyone, in, it seems like everyone in Hollywood's like horrible to some degree, almost, you know? Yeah. They're talking about that on Come Town, where it was like, uh, at the awards show, they're talking about uh, women's rights, and they were like, you know, like, the, this is going on everywhere, all over the place, and then- At Nick, the Oscars? Yeah, at the Oscars, and Nick Mullen's like, no, it's just your fucked up industry where people are getting <laughs> raped and harassed. Yeah, to that level? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He can't, he's like, the guy at Walmart can't get away with <laughs> just inviting people into, like, the back room and he's just wearing a robe. <laughs> it's kind of just Hollywood. Yeah. Where the, like, the level of depravity. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's sort of like the anti-job job. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a job, but I think a lot of people don't consider it, like, work work. A lot of it comes from dreaming. A lot of people, yeah. a lot of young girls, I imagine, have the same mindset as a young boy can yeah. put himself in a young girl but a young boy wants to make it into Hollywood dude and, and you, you'll cut deals with the fucking devil yeah and years later you might feel bad about sucking the devil's dick but in that moment <laughs> I can get on CSI if I suck the devil off for 30 seconds yeah. and you're so desperate and you're so used to hearing the word no from casting agents and, and it's stuff. like it's, it's that easy all you gotta do this one thing mm-hmm. this one little thing boom and it's so oh, easy. It's like when I was I was single for like a good. I, which I'm, why I'm saying that is like I can see why it's so rampant in Hollywood. Yeah, because it's, it's full like, of dreamers who want to get something done quick. Yeah, and it's just these gatekeepers who have all this power, and they're like, yeah. "All I got to do is say yes to yeah. you, and you're." I got millions of dollars. I can yeah. I can finance any project you want. Yeah, and it's like you're so desperate to make because yeah. it's like what are you gonna do if you fa- if you fail it's like that almost seems worse yeah. than anything and it's like you know? if you say no and you try to put stuff out he maybe he's big and he'll block that from getting out you know mm-hmm. maybe he'll stop your other projects yeah, suing Weinstein because she said he hurt her career after she didn't want to fuck him mm. oh, I can't remember her name now 
One of the millions. I think she was in Double Jeopardy. I think she was a star in Double Jeopardy. Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek. His wife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Weinstein ruined his career. He wanted a mustache ride so bad. <laughs> That's why I never saw so he's shaving now. That's why he shaved his now. mustache, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. Just looking so, so mirror, haunting he can't him. live a lie anymore. He shaved his stash off. He's huh? crying shirtless in the mirror, <laughs> shaving his mustache. <laughs> um, what, were you, what were you about to get on? You're about to get on to something. Oh, I was just going to say, like, because when I was single, there was a point when I was single where I didn't fuck anyone for a year. Mm-hmm. And I was so desperate that I would just get drunk and try and fuck, like, anyone that I thought would say yes. Right. Anyone. Yeah. You know? AKA very unattractive people. Yeah. This is like, it's like at the moment when you, like, it sounds so douchey to say, but you'd fuck this person, like, oh, I don't, I don't even like, like, not even just physically, but mentally. Like, I don't like talking to this person. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of person where I'm like, oh, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, I can't, after you come and you gotta spend, you realize you gotta spend the night Ooh. in this bed with that this person. realization. Like, you gotta talk to them now? Oh, dude. And it sounds like such a misogynist, shitty thing to say, but I don't know, what to, I don't know what to say. <coughs> I oh, bet, never, I'm, I'm sure girls get that too. It's like, I, I don't know, man. Cause I don't know if girl, like, when you like haven't fucked in a long time, needing to fuck is almost like hunger. Like, it's almost like, you haven't eaten in a year. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? I think there's some girls who get to that point. Yeah. I, I yeah, like, like, maybe. like physically, like physically attracted and everything. I just think they're in such like maybe socially awkward or something situations. I feel like with women, it's so much more of like a, I think girls have woken so up with more, guys that they didn't want to before. a lot more because there's more opportunity. Yeah. Like I've, I know women who fucked dudes who they do not like at all. But it was over like uh, the guy they like is okay. Well, there's a scenario. I don't, I don't want to name names, but a, a girl, a girl <laughs> I know, into it, baby. a girl I know. Um, she was like excited about possibly getting back together with her boyfriend, right? And uh, but he was kind of like dragging her along because he still had a girlfriend. So he's kind of <clears> like, oh, maybe we'll get back together. I want to break up with my girlfriend, but who knows? Like. Guy's so, holding the magic he, ticket. Guy's got the fucking infinity going on. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and he did this move, which is like classic manipulation. It's like such a classic, like nagging yeah. kind of, <laughs> kind of uh technique uh-huh. um, where she was at the casino and uh, she, with her friend, who's a girl. And then like a couple of guys and the one guy had been trying to fuck her for a long time. And she knew that, but she had no interest in fucking him because this other dude, right? This other dude that she might get get back together with. And so she's at karaoke with that guy and her friend and stuff. And then she gets a text from her ex, the one she might get back together with. And he's like, hey, if you're out partying or whatever, please don't come to Rockwell's because I'm here with my current girlfriend and it would just be weird. (laughs) And it was like, it was like, a, it was kind of brilliant in the sense that like he just made her think of him like do whatever like Skeezy moves move. like that made her do whatever it took to get back together with him right. you know yeah but at the same time it made her so mad that she 
fucked that other dude who right. was trying to fuck her. She was like, no, fuck him. Right. You know, and that's the kind of cal- I don't, guys don't have that. I guys think don't have guys that don't game. Guys don't have that because they can't. No, they don't have that play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if a girl wants to fuck a guy, she just fucks the guy. Yeah. It's not like guys aren't holding that back unless they're like in a marriage. If they're kind of guy to not fuck around on the girlfriend, they're just not going to fuck around on the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. There's no like. Like, I'm not going to cheat on Jamie, even if she does something that makes me really mad. It's not going to make me want to cheat on her. Yeah. You know? And if a guy's going to cheat on his girlfriend, he's going to cheat on his girlfriend. So if cheating's available, he's just going to do it. But a guy, for the most part, of course, there's always exceptions, isn't, like, holding off women because he's being choosy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Oh, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. How do we get into that? I can't remember. <laughs> it's talking about Hollywood. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, how desperate I was when I was single. <laughs> right. And how, like, I would, you know, so I could see, like, being so desperate for a role, being like, this is your career. This could be, like, and then seeing friends make it and stuff probably adds to it. Like, yeah. just wanting, seeing peers surpass you in success. Time going by, older you get. Yeah. And it's like, fuck it. I'm just going to suck this guy's dick. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to. Yeah. No. So, hey, don't feel bad out there. If, you, if you're in Hollywood <laughs> and you sucked off Weinstein. <laughs> hey, man, good, everyone was doing it. Everyone sucks off someone sometimes. It was the 90s. Who wasn't sucking off Weinstein, <laughs> dude? Pulp Fiction came out. Clerks. I gotta... I. I gotta rewatch The Hateful Eight. You didn't like it, right? Or you did? No, I didn't like The Hateful Eight. Why? <clears throat> Just seems so... You then, like, the coi- characters, it seemed too coy, seemed too playful. It seemed like a Monty Python sketch to me. <laughs> it seemed like Monty Python was like Quentin Tarantino does a fucking uh, Western. Right. It does feel like, I mean, I mean, who the, f- here's the thing. That being said, it was like a cool fucking movie. There was cool elements for sure, but yeah. it does feel like, especially how good, like, I watched Pulp Fiction the other day and it's so good. Still, an original it's probably one of the best movies ever made that and Goodfellas are like the two for my money like maybe my two favorites as far as just like there are movies that, I, that are cooler and have better but like those I can want those have like the artistic integrity of something amazing but they're all, the rewatchable value on those yeah. movies is so high I feel like Pulp it's Fiction like a, it's rewatchable as an action blockbuster yeah I feel like Pulp Fiction has everything like cool you want in it all wrapped into one tiny little package yeah, like man. just a cool American movie you got drugs you got guns you got yeah. violence you got sex what's your least favorite storyline in Pulp Fiction uh okay there's John yeah. John has two storylines pretty yes. much. Yeah. Bruce, I like Bruce's storyline, but honestly, Bruce gets the slowest for me. Yeah. I Is there say, another like, one I'm Bruce, missing? I got it. Uh, no, those, it's just the three. It's like Sam Jackson, John Travolta, and then it's John Travolta and Uma Thurman and Bruce Willis' storyline. Right. And then uh, sort of the bank robbery. Yeah. But yeah, Bruce probably, even though I like the idea of it. That's the thing. It's a cool idea. This boxer who doesn't doesn't take the fall. Right, and he's and he on the bets run on himself, and he takes the money, goes on the run. Yeah, I like it too. But like, you're right. Like to me, if I had, if I, I gotta admit, I get super stoked. This is a weird thing to say, 
but I get so stoked every time John Travolta's on screen in that movie. Me too. He's got a cool line. He's gonna make you feel cool. Yeah, dude. He's yeah. gonna he's gonna make you feel like cool and from proxy. Yeah. You get to feel like, oh yeah, I'm kind of like John Travolta, man. And like yeah. he's just he's he's a cool suave motherfucker that makes you yeah. smile on camera. Whereas Bruce Willis is like, uh, like I don't know he's an action hero. He's Bruce Willis. Yeah. It's yeah. great, but it's yeah. like, yeah, it doesn't hold up to fucking uh, Vincent Vega. No, and also like, I'm like every that breakfast scene at the end where Sam Jackson and John Travolta having breakfast in that diner after going through hell. Mm-hmm. I think of that scene maybe every single time I've ever gone into a place to have a sit down diner to have breakfast with my friends after drinking the night before. Right. To me, it's just like the same vibe. You're all like, you feel like you've been through hell because you're all hungover. I think of it every time I eat pork. I think of that. Yes. <laughs> I'm down on swine. Yeah. And fucking pork chops taste good. Bacon baby. tastes good. That's the best response. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you got to say, man. Yeah, and then he's like, dog could taste like pumpkin pie, still wouldn't eat the motherfucker. He's like, dog's got personality. <laughs> uh, my least favorite segment, though, like s- separated segment, is probably the the Jimmy situation or whatever it's called, Which where they have to go to Quentin's house. Really? Yeah, and Clay Noden with the wolf and stuff. You don't like that, that alone is probably my least favorite, <laughs> like 20 <laughs> minutes. It does, there's something that, like, not that I can't, it's not, I'm not like a super PC person, but there is like something about that scene with Quentin where you're like, I feel like he wrote this just so he can get away with saying <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. like 25 times And that's in a row. not even what bothers me, but that's totally like too much, dude. Yeah, it's too, too much. much. And he's got oddly, for a guy who's such a great director mm-hmm. and gets amazing performances out of people who don't normally give amazing performances, yeah. he is oddly really bad at directing himself yeah yeah i feel usually. like he's always the weakest actor in the movies <laughs> i enjoy it though i enjoy it for what it is like it, it doesn't take me out of the movie or nothing that's true but just the way he's treating vince and uh sam's character it's like he's he's talking down to them where i feel like they yeah. are hold the upper hand they just pulled in this guy's house with a dead body and guns yeah you know, and then yeah. he's having that conversation with the wolf. I feel like that's really stilted. Maybe because it is Quentin and he's given stilted performance. But right. I feel like it's classic dialogue when he's like, what do you like, mahogany? Yeah, yeah, when he's yeah, asking yeah. for a bedroom when, set. Yeah, when I feel like that would have been wolf's talking. Yeah, I feel like that would have been way better back and forth if it wasn't Quentin. Being like, yeah, yeah, that's good. Mahogany's yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, he's a little weasel. Because I was just voice. thinking about him like, that's a classic Quentin, you know, idiotism, that little back and forth there about the mahogany and what kind of wood yeah. the bedroom set is. Yeah. But it just doesn't seem like it maybe because yeah. it's Quentin giving it but Quentin also yeah. gives one of the best Quentin things with the start of Reservoir Dogs yeah he's so good in the start now I'm thinking about it like he's so good at the start he starts his own Dogs. career man he starts his own career it's true like he really pe- his acting peaked at Reservoir Dogs and you know what it is because he was I don't know what it is but like theoretically like um he was trying to be an actor too. Like he was going in acting auditions and doing plays and going into movie auditions too while he was writing. Right. And so I feel like that was the closest he had been to like being like a working, trying to be a working actor is that yeah, movie. Probably. And then afterwards it was just all writing directing. He wasn't thinking about acting probably other mm-hmm. than like his own shit. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. He well, wanted to do like Ken out. Smith wanted to play that, you know, that French detective. Yeah. Uh, that uh, is in Tusk and it's in uh, <laughs> Yoga. Johnny Depp. That's who he, 
Kevin Smith wanted Quentin to play Quentin. that guy. Yeah. That would have been interesting. But yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, he starts out his movie great, but yeah. Oh, anyways, yeah, Bruce's. Bruce's section is probably my least favorite. Yeah, probably. You know, I love Bruce. <sighs> Who doesn't? Love Bruce, baby. Yeah. What's your favorite Quentin movie? Pulp Fiction of all time? Oh, uh, man. It's weird because Reservoir Dogs still has a, like a really big place in my heart. And there's something cool about... Something really cool, like, because we're talking, like, not to go back on, but, like, there's something cool about Hate Flight just taking place in a room. Right. I like that aspect of it, how it almost all takes place in one room. Mm-hmm. It could be a play. Yeah. Very easily be a play. Yeah. Pretty sure I wrote it to be like able a, to be one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but not definitely not the Hateful. But yeah, it's between Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction. Something when I see. Oh, there's something about some, Glorious Bastards, too, that I do love. I was going to say. I feel like he, he, it was right before he totally bought into his own bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were talking about Death Proof, and that might be up there for me. Top oh, three. Death Proof's good. Uh, Jackie Brown's good, but something. I've never seen Jackie Brown ever. It's good. Just say it's like a slow 70s cop movie. Really? It's, it's definitely not like action oriented or nothing it's like you know it was adapted from something wasn't it no i think it's like because she's foxy brown oh okay uh pam greer and so i think he's just kind of playing off it playing oh, off okay. the idea of her persona right, right in pop culture yeah uh but every time i see kill bill i know i'm starting a hell of a journey kill bill volume one when you start kill bill volume one and you're like it starts off and he shoots or whatever you're like oh there's so much that happens there's so much scenes i get to see and i have a great time every time i see it yeah for sure i have a great time i have a great time going into one into two i think i like volume two more yeah it has a lot more like western kind of pondering scenes to it it is really good kill bill is really really well done He's talking about, like, maybe doing a Kill Bill 3, like, as his last film. I'd see it. Yeah. And he can almost do it now, because it's like, his idea would be, it would be 10 years later or whatever, and it's almost 10 years later. Kiddo's since, Kid? Yeah. Um, not Kiddo's Kid, uh, Vivica Fox's yeah. Kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, Leon. I think, yeah, I'm going to go Pulp Fiction. Are you going Kill Bill? Is that what you're saying? Is that your eventual answer? No, I was just saying that, because whenever I think of Kill Bill... Whenever I watch it, I should say, I'm like, I, I'm amazed every time. Every time I think about it, I'm like, it's not my favorite. But when I watch it, I get the feeling of like, this is a cinematic event. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite, probably Pulp. Probably Pulp Fiction, it's of course. It's just too good. Like, it's like... It just wraps really, everything. It wraps everything cool up into one combo. Yeah, and it's just so perfectly executed like you cannot if something is so good in your career you can't blame someone for not measuring up to it afterwards because it's just so it's like a Kubrick film where even the mistakes are part of what makes Pulp Fiction great yeah even the little mistakes even when it gets a little awkward or whatever that's what part part of it the charm of it well what did he do after Jackie Brown kill Bill after Jackie Brown how big of a gap was that? I mean, years. I feel like Kill what did Bill. He do? Okay, he wrote like Kill Bill and Jackie Brown are like two different eras completely. He wrote True Romance. That was the first thing he did, right? Yeah, yeah. Reservoir Dogs. He did. I think he did other like writing jobs in between all these things, little stuff. Right. But the main ones: Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, then Jackie Brown, then Kill Bill. Yeah, Kill Bill was like what two thousand three, two thousand one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when was Jackie Brown? 
90, late 90s, 98, something like that. Really? They were that close together. Maybe earlier in that. And then, yeah, it would be, it'd be that, and then Kill Bill, and then Inglorious. No, then Death Proof. Yes, then Inglorious. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like we're missing one, too. Four rooms. I feel like the start of, like, the Inglorious was the start of him doing like a very specific thing you know what, you know what i mean like you know, yo, everything yeah. since inglorious is kind of a lot like inglorious you know what happened in between kill bill and jackie brown and all that what from dust till dawn and four rooms oh Bad era, I think, okay where he's working with roger rodriguez and, yeah i think that is happened. it robert or roger robert <laughs> roger <laughs> rodriguez <laughs> that fucking monster director man uh okay. that whole era happened Oh, okay. Four Rooms is very, very late 90s. Yeah, Four Got Madonna Rooms is so in it. 90s. Yeah. And then, yeah, Kill Bill was early 2000s. How do you think he's going to do with Jennifer Lawrence in his movie? You what, think she's going to be fit in a Quentin Tarantino movie? Uh, there's one he's doing about, like, the 60s. Yeah, the Manson family and stuff. Jennifer Lawrence is in it. Yeah, I think she's playing one of the main I thought Jennifer Lawrence was originally going to be in Hateful Eight, because I kept... Every time the trailers were up, I kept misreading Jennifer Jason Lee's name uh, and something else. So I'm already prepared for it. I, I guess, like, yeah, I don't know. Oh man, hateful eight thing is like it's Jennifer so... Lawrence can be very Jennifer Lawrence though too. Jennifer Lawrence, her last couple of roles have been too plain. I haven't seen. Have you seen Red Sparrow? No, looks have, good. She goes full frontal in it. Apparently, Red Sparrow. That's the guy from The Gift too, isn't it? Is the it? guy who's in it, Bateman. Oh, no, you mean the other guy? Joel Eakerton. Maybe. I can't remember. All I know is all I know is Jennifer the Lawrence is in scene. Scene. All I know is uh the clips I've seen on <laughs> Watch It for the Plot on Reddit. Subreddit. <laughs> I've just seen her slip off her panties. Man. It's all that's all I see. Do you think her going full frontal in that movie was partly affected by the stuff that happened in the Fappening? Because she's like, fuck it. Everyone's already seen probably, me naked. Probably has something I'll to do, do with it. I'll do full frontal now. Like, that's on the table, I guess. Didn't she do full frontal in Mother? I haven't seen Mother. Maybe. She was she was dating, what's his name, at the time. I Aronofsky? Yeah, she was, like, his girlfriend at the time because he was talking about it on Mark Maron's podcast. Hmm. I think Jennifer Lawrence is, uh, her time's running out as the... As the girl? As the girl, definitely. Who do you think's going to replace her? Um, I think, uh... Little thinner looking girl. Thinner. <laughs> you know, Jennifer Lawrence is very like not like busty, but she was like she was like a hometown girl. Yeah, she was like she had yeah. curves on her. She was like classic Hollywood in the way that she was like curvy and all the. Yeah, I think it's gonna go back to like uh, I don't know to like a thin. rail thin, like a yeah. I don't know who yet because they because they usually come out of nowhere. Yeah, it's true. It's usually like someone's really good in something. Yeah. Although I feel like Scarlett Johansson had like a long career in indies before she became the Scarlett jo- Starlet version of Scarlett Johansson. You know yeah, I mean? that's true. She was in she's Ghost, in Ghost World. World, and uh, she. W- I don't know. Was she full on? <laughs> that's all we can think of. She's in Ghost Ghost World. World uh, Ghost, Ghost World. World. <laughs> Steve Buscemi. Ghost in World. <laughs> Thora Burge, Ghost World, ever fucking heard of it? <laughs> you ingrates. I was gonna say the one that uh what's her name did, who's like I thought I would love his director and I don't know. Awesome translation? Yeah. Was she, she so pulls hot in that one? I don't know. I think she she was definitely got buzz off that one. 
Oh, yeah. That's a hot piece. I was like, because that was 2004 yeah, too. That wasn't that long before like the Avengers and everything started. I really liked Lost in Translation, but then it just like the director. But so yeah, and Sophia Coppola start doing these movies where I'm like, I don't. I'm just completely lost right. in the sense that like I don't get what the point. Like uh, the Bling Ring, I think it's called, the one with M. Watson stuff. I watched that. I was just, I, I, I'm done. I made me feel like a real asshole because I'm like, I don't get it. Uh, what I was, don't fucking get it, okay? You win. I think Lost in Translation it's an artist, is it's, like... It's an artistic movie, fine. <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's a fucking boring one. Oh. Um, Lost in Translation is one of the only movies that I like of her, because she does a lot of other stuff, like Marie Antoinette. That was what got her big. That yeah, was, like, her big Kristen one. Kristen Dunst. Yeah. I've never seen it. I uh, I don't think I... I haven't seen it either. I don't think I'd like it. <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen it either, but honest review, piece of shit. I don't think I like it. But I had yeah. her confused with, what's her name for a long time? The, the director of The Hurt Locker and... Sh- and Boys Don't Cry and stuff? Yeah. I had them confused for a long time, so when someone said, oh, <laughs> Sophia Coppola's in the movie, I'd be like, oh yeah, dope. And I'd check the trailer out, and it'd be like playing some stroke song, and someone would be like, huh. <laughs> and then... And then fucking virgin suicides is the other one that got her big too and then when her movie would come out i'd be like oh yeah is it Catherine bigelow i don't know when her movies come out and i love Catherine bigelow she's fucking right is Catherine bigelow what was she in i think it's Catherine bigelow i'm thinking i think i hopefully i have the right name she's the one who did life of deuce bigelow life of deuce bigelow she's deuce bigelow's wife dude (laughs) male jiggler she did her locker and uh never seen her zero dark 30 I dig. Never seen Zero Dark Thirty either. You'd like Zero Dark Thirty. It's What's it? Rad. Oh. It's about when they killed Osama bin Laden. It's oh. about the crew that kills Osama bin Laden. And it's like a chick director who directs all these like semi-military thrillers. Sort yeah, of, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Kind of more hardcore movies. Oh, did she do Wonder Woman? Am I an asshole for? She might have been. Yeah. Like I said, I get her confused a lot. I'm going to say yeah, she did. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm going to say sure, yeah. She also directed Deuce Bigelow, male Jigelow, yeah. right? She also directed uh, Deuce Bigelow 2. Yes. What was uh, the director of some, like... I want to say, like... Yeah, the director of, like, Black Panther and Creed also directed, like, Undercover Brother or something. Some, like, Did really he? weird turn where it was, like, super ultra intense comedy to, like, thriller. That's amazing. Or not thriller, drama, drama. Fuck, Creed was so good. Creed? I never saw Creed. Oh, dude. It's, like, I have a soft spot in my heart for boxing, boxing films. Is like, it's almost like, because I'm not a sports movie guy. Mm-hmm. Even, like... The only hockey movie I even like is Goon, and that's kind of a boxing movie. What you know about what I mean? uh, football, like Friday Night Lights? Or no, it's no? not. I, you know what it is? It's just like, it, to me, the boxing movie is the perfect move. Is the box box is a perfect like sport for a movie structure because right. it's like got a natural climax at the end. Yeah, the thing they've been working towards this whole time happens at the end. It's not like a hockey movie. There's like I think the characters we like more too. I think yeah. there's some ingrained in us that like sees a sports team. Yeah, and it's like not going to get along with the characters. Yeah, I think like in a way the whole team got to follow like a cast of characters. Boxers real person, one, per- one man, and then it's like also with like a hockey movie or a football movie. There's a part of me where it's like the the end game's going on, the big climax, and I'm like, okay, who's winning? You know oh, what I mean? Because yeah. I'm like. As we're boxing, it's obvious because there's people fighting, yeah. you know? 
Yeah, I don't know. Creed was great. Yeah, I'd like to see Creed sometime. It's it's pretty good. I heard good shit. I like uh, the fighter too. The fighter is like one of my all time favorites. Oh, you mean the movie The Fighter? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, The Fighter's fucking fantastic. I love The Fighter. Fuck. Christian Bale. What's Christian Bale been doing, man? Has he been doing anything? I don't know, man. Last Just thing I remember was mom. like... a Mary his mom is all Pushing his mom downstairs being a fucking tyrant, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Not paying any rent. You're <laughs> on her couch. Pushing his mom the fucking cunt, dude. Oi, mom. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Turns out, what's, uh, what's that movie where he was a total thug? Uh, hard times harsh, harsh times harsh times he's just like that was actually just him that wasn't even care. <laughs> the real Christian Barrel is the guy from Harsh Times that'd be great oh if you haven't seen Harsh Times you should watch it it's a Christian Bale movie where he plays like a gangster dog Freddie Rodriguez yeah and they're uh, running around East LA just causing mischief it's good trying to get money yeah trying to get money trying to get it. a job trying to get some money going um last thing I saw him in was American Hustle Last big thing I can remember him being right. in. Did you, what was the movie? Oh, yeah, you said uh, the Paul Thomas Anderson movie was like a much more artistically like cohesive version of American Hustle. Which one? Uh, one with Joaquin Phoenix. When he's got the chops, the big chops. Oh, Inherent Vice? Yes. I feel like Inherent Vice, yeah, captured what American Hustle wanted to go for in a way better way. Yeah. Inherent Vice was really good. Yeah. Inherent Vice is one of my favorite movies the past five years, man. I really? love Inherent Vice, yeah. I mean, they are going for different stuff, and they are going for different sides of the 70s, mm-hmm. but I think Inherent Vice captures it way better. Yeah. Captures it. Inherent Vice, like, makes you try... It tries to make you meld into the mindset of someone who's fucking stoned and drunk and fucking tripping out. Yeah. You know, the movie has a very dreamlike vibe where it puts a haze over you. And it's very fast. It's a noir movie too. So they're going along and they're going along and you can't quite follow it the first time you watch it either. You're quite like, who's this? They're talking about different characters. Yeah. Uh, And I love it because like a lot of it's intentional that you're supposed to feel like kind of hazed out, right? Like you're taking a bunch of drugs. And a lot of the time, like the lead character doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Like a guy will go through an entire monologue. I love it. And then like Joaquin will open up his notepad and he'll write down like one word, <laughs> like not hallucinating or something yeah, like yeah. that. And he'll be like, mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just, he's, he keeps, he keeps humming along to everybody. Just going, mm-hmm. It's almost mm-hmm. like a spiritual sequel to mm-hmm. uh, Big Lebowski in a weird way. Yeah. It feels very Lebowski. Yeah. Where he's like doing this, trying to pull off this investigation and he's no idea what just he's like doing. Just like this deadbeat kind of guy. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I what was I going to say? I'm not interested in his latest film, The Phantom Thread. I don't think I'd get much the out of it. The dressmaking movie or whatever? Yeah, the Versace or whoever. I don't think I'd get much out of it. I don't know. So I'm, I'm going to watch try. it. Movie movie Bob's like this reviewer who like opinion I kind of trust. I dug The Master. He liked it a lot. Uh, yeah, fucking Master's another one where I'm just like, I can feel like my artistic integrity withering away because it's like hard for me to get through movies like The Master now. Yeah. Oh, I dug The Master. It's just like... I, wa- I fucking watched Gone Girl last night mm-hmm. and there was a part where I'm like okay get to the fucking ending because it's a good movie I like Gone Girl a lot Fincher's right. and Fincher's not even that director he's not the director who's <laughs> like just taking it through a super like every maybe you're just seeing it for the first time through without like we were there in the theater when yeah, we first saw it we sure. were hyped up on it maybe you actually just saw it with clear yeah conviction and yeah. it was taking too long it was oh, slow pace oh jesus christ like I, I swear like when she gets 
Okay, Gone Girl, this woman stages her own murder to frame her husband and then finds out the the world's not what she thought it was, so she comes back to them, staging, staging a kidnapping, come back to them. And you, you've you been through so much of the movie already, you think by the time she comes back, it's like 10 minutes left and that's it. Right, yeah, there's a quite a bit after But that. there's like so much movie after she comes back. I didn't even get to the part where he slams her head in the wall, which is like the best part of the whole movie. Well, you finished, you, you left without that? Yeah, because Jamie fell asleep and I was just like, get to it. Get to Emily Wachowski now. Yeah, <laughs> show me them titties. Hmm? I just, I turn, I turn it off and just turn on the Blurred Lines music video. <laughs> Jamie wakes up for a split second. She's like, What's this? Oh, it's Gone Girl. <laughs> I know you want it. One thing that ass can do. <laughs> T.I. starts rapping immediately. <laughs> That's a weird turn. I feel like that, uh, oh, what's his name? The Blurred Lines guy. That one hit guy. Um, Robin Thicke. Do you feel like that guy in the middle of the Blurred Wines phenomenon was like, I hit gold. Because not u- usually guys his age do not have a sudden like global yeah. pop hit. Not I mean, his pop- dad's already famous, folk, right? Maybe folk and rock music, it can happen. But a pop artist? Yeah. Yeah, he was already like 40. He, his dad's famous, right? Is Alan Thicke. He's a famous Canadian TV Personality actor, actor, yeah. Okay, uh, but yeah, I'm sure he was, and then immediately went all lawsuits and everything that that song has gone yeah. through. I'm sure. And he's then like he left his it. wife, or his wife left him for cheating on her because he's just like he's like a probably in his mid 30s dude who just all of a sudden blurred lines, baby. Yeah, all of a sudden he's getting all this puss thrown at him. He doesn't I know, know what you to want do. it. I know you want. And then he's like, just saying that all <laughs> fucking day. How many times did they have to say that in the middle of something <laughs> they didn't want to do? Like grocery shopping, and someone's like, "Come on, say it, dude." I know, I know you, you want, want it. it. <laughs> Fucks her right in the groceries aisle, right in the cold milk, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, Robin Thicke's probably. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. He's fucking fine, I bet. Yeah, I mean, Robin Thicke's definitely in a better spot than I am in. <laughs> so I don't know why, but it's like I, that guy must have felt like he won the lottery and then lost it all. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Probably felt like fucking he did it. Yeah. He made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all this time, blurred lines. <laughs> oh man. Let's see what time? What we got going here? You want to want to call her? What are we at? An hour. Yeah, we can. I feel like smooth down Is quickly. There anything else? Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, Dakota's birthday when we're recording oh, this. Happy, Daco- birthday, Happy Dakota. birthday, Dakota. How old is He's he? going to have a burger tonight. First time in a long really? time. He's going to eat some meat. He's going to eat some fucking meat, dude. He's 23. 23. So, uh. Oh, wow. He's fucking young. Yeah, man. Good for him. Yeah. Happy birthday, Dakota. He said he wants to come on the podcast again since. Yeah, yeah. He wants Which is hilarious because he's like, I'm going to take a hiatus. And then we all just kind of took a hiatus anyways. <laughs> just naturally. By so that happened when I took a hiatus too. Yeah. And just like, we didn't really, like, that's funny. But yeah, come back on Daco. He's, did he start his YouTube thing he's going to do? Yeah, he's starting it. He's getting it all worked up. We're going to shoot an intro here pretty quick. Does he, um, what the fuck was I going to say? Is he still on Spring Breakup or whatever? Yeah. So. That's such a great, for people don't know, because uh, this whole town runs around like the oil industry, once in the between winter and, and uh, summer, the ground's too mushy to do any oil work or any like labor, like 
removing trees or anything like that. So there's this thing called spring breakup where people who work in that industry just have two months off. I'm just oh, and I'm so jealous of the idea of that. <laughs> They're busy, dude. They get busy when they have time off. Really? Yeah, like uh, fucking. I just like uh, I think Blair's on spring breakup now. Mm-hmm. They just seem busier than ever. Yeah, <laughs> I can't see him. Can't see him nearly as much still. Just busy guys. Fuck yeah, man. Busy folks. All right, well, that All sounds right. good. Yeah, another okay. week. Love y'all. Kate Billy Super Sounds of the 70s Weekend just keeps on coming with this little ditty that reached up to 21 in May of 1970. The George Baker Selection, Little Green Bag. Mm-hmm. 